you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We'll open the phone lines up to hear from you at the end of the show in the last segment. So hopefully you'll stick around for that today. Uh, we're going to talk about outrage. Outrage. <laughs> about outrage. Yeah. Um, like, where can you find it? Where can you find it? Because um, I know that people are often looking looking for outrage. And so we just want to, we just, you know how you like you tell people where you found something on sale. You just want to, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know where you can find some outrage. Hmm. Uh, we actually kind of, yeah, I do. Shouldn't um, be hard to find. No. Hmm? I'm, mm. When it, when you it pertains the, to certain things. Right. You got the counterfeits though. Ah, you know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the counterfeit outrage is everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's, it's like, it's like true. It even abounds. with like real stuff, it abounds, yes. right? Like you, you know, you want to tell somebody where they can find something real and then along the way they've got to navigate or forge through all of the counterfeits, uh, all of the cheap knockoffs. Yeah. It's kind of like your troops. <laughs> oh, man, I never told that story. Stop it. Did you not? I okay. Think so. I feel like we've been on the air for a number of years. I can't I don't believe know we haven't we told, told that story. Have yet. we? It might have been on Urban Family. I don't know. I mean, I could go for myself with my L.A. Fear. You didn't have that. I had L.A. Fear. I did. That was not the name of it. It was just Walmart's version yeah, of see, L.A. Gear. That's, that's different. No. Because well, yeah, because it wasn't be, misspelled. Oh, yes. Right, true. Okay, yeah, you're mine right. Is more embarrassing. Okay. No, it is. Hence, I think it should be told. <laughs> I, I agree today. with you. Not today. Okay. That's a I, I respect show. that. Okay. That's totally fine with me. I don't want, <laughs> far be it from me to outrage you. On a Tuesday, when right. we're going to talk about outrage. Don't get me outraged. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. No. We don't want to do that. Um, but people should stick around for a Friday edition where we just kind of, you know, entertain you. <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> with, yeah. the, with the things that uh, caused us a lot of pain and injury <sighs> growing up. Oh, man. Those were the days. I had a great childhood. Of course you did. You think your mom? You think your mom's listening today? I don't know. You just, well, okay. Well, you, you just want to make sure to get to get that in. I had a great childhood, by the way. Mama. I did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That sounds dismissive. I don't mean it to sound dismissive. Are you sensitive? Is that okay? Do, Who, did I hurt your feelings? Oh no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. All right. I've, I just want to. Yeah, I've told that story before, but just not. I don't think I talked about it on the air. Okay, no, I didn't mean that. I mean just like dismissing your great childhood. Oh, no, no. Okay, no. great. Then let's move on. So here's what I... <laughs> uh, look, just just tell J-Mac, marry someone like me. That's it. Just, that's what... Because if you can laugh for the rest of your life, if you can laugh yes. until the Lord comes back, right? Count the cost, I mean, J-Mac. Count the cost. Hey, wait, wait, oh, whoa, right. huh? wait. What? Okay, another Friday yeah, wait, show no. right there. A wise Count man the counts cost. the cost, yeah. Okay, let's just move on. Let's just move on before one of us ends up crying. Okay, and I'll, I'll give people two guesses, Esther. 
You know the person who can always like throw the jokes out, but the minute the jokes start coming back, they're just like, <laughs> like you know, they live in a they 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 live in a glass house, but they fire cannons mm. all the time. You know, that's not me, by the way, <laughs> at all. Okay, well, the great, we got some announcements that we want to get to, and then we're gonna talk about outrage. Yes, uh, you can email us at addisons at afr.net. Addisons a d d i s o n s at afr.net. Also, make sure um, you register for the Marriage Family Life Conference. Go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, talking to my IT guy, he said there's about, I think about 70 um, early bird tickets left. Um, Yay. And so, yeah, you can still get this early bird special. Um, and thank you so much for everybody who's registered and, and who's going to. Mm-hmm. But it's still wide open. Uh, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net. And register there for the Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 7th through the 9th. Also, we are receiving or gathering uh, listener stories mm-hmm. to play during our spring share We'd like to hear from you. So has the Lord used American Family Radio in your life? Uh, there's some, some story or some uh, scripture or some topic that has really touched you and you was like, man, I really needed that or even a song or something like that. You know, we would love to hear. These are very, very encouraging to the host and to the rest of the listeners, you know, That's just to right. know how God is moving uh, in the lives of, of his people. And so if you would like to uh, give that listener testimony, all you have to do is like a voicemail. You, it's not live, but you call and you're going to leave like a voicemail. And our producers here, like people like J-Mac, you know, people with skills. That's they're gonna, right. They're going to make <laughs> yes. it sound really, 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 really good. <laughs> and you can hear yourself uh, during our share yeah. Uh, so our listener storyline is 877-876-8893, 877-876-8893. Very good. Very good. All right. So I was thinking um, about all of the things that really upset us, you know, in the culture today mm-hmm. and um, just reading some news headlines and, and thinking about things. And even as I was going to bed last night, just reading some some stories that kind of grabbed my attention, which probably I should not do, but I was. I was reading some stories, um, of course, looking at what's happening in the world, um, reading people's responses uh, to what's happening in the world. And uh, anyway, today I was just sort of thinking about outrage. And, and one story I want to um, talk about, it's a current event story that I want to bring up that we actually covered years ago. I, I almost feel like, I almost feel like this story was covered when we were doing the morning show. I mm. feel like it's that old of a story. Oh, wow. um, and it may come back to you as I kind of get into it, but mm-hmm. there was a final decision in a lawsuit that a woman, a woman filed against a Christian, um, I want to say daycare, a Christian daycare, um, because she said that she was wrongly terminated um, because she was cohabitating. Mm. I don't know if you remember this story. Let me go to the story. Cause so, and then again, the backdrop here is mm. how do we get our outrage? So outrage, yeah. we need to find it biblically. Like the things that, um, the things that upset us, the things that sort of like, you're, you know, we're just like, Oh man, this is outrageous. Yeah. I really feel like those things need to come from a place of understanding scripture, the holiness of God. Mm. Um, because if you understand the holiness of God, you understand God's, uh, nature, you understand the attributes of God, then you understand that the moral outrage that we feel at any given time um, can always be checked to make sure it's genuine against our knowledge of God. 
Mm-hmm. So what we know about God mm-hmm. um, should dictate how we feel on any given issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are some people, yeah. I will just say this and then I'll get into this story and then we're just going to, you know, have a conversation around it. There are some people that like they have their thing that will set them off, mm-hmm. right? Like they yeah. they have their thing that's like, you know, right. be, be on your P's and Q's. <laughs> Uh-oh, remember that's a Friday show, P's and Q's. <laughs> yeah. Be on your P's and Q's. Um, about this, because if you if you're wrong about that or if you don't handle that rightly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, um, then they're set off and they're outraged mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people. Those things have nothing to do with eternality, like they have nothing to do mm-hmm. with the things of God. They're not they're just sort of fleeting They're They they are. Um, they're only for right now, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, but they've made that sort of like the fixation of their life. Yeah. And so then they're outraged over that. Um, you see a lot of people who will be involved in, in demonstrations over things that are not eternal. Mm. Um, they're outraged, but it's not rooted in the right understanding of God, right. knowing who he is. Right. So people can find um, an outrage of source. But what I wanted to encourage Christians in today is to find our outrage biblically and to find our outrage in understanding the nature of God, like, you know, what are those things that really matter that should bother us deeply? And I believe that um, Paul actually expresses a type of outrage, um, the things that bothered him deeply. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to make my case, obviously, from Scripture, um, but it was based on the body of Christ. It was based on what was going on with the church, mm-hmm. capital C, the church. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. But, you know, some of some of the stories that we cover as we're looking at current events um, deal directly with the church. These stories deal directly with um, the impact, I guess, that the story would have on the church or even members of the church or they call themselves member of the members of the church, but they're behaving badly. Right. Or they're they're falling away, announcing the deconstruction of their faith. (laughs) Or um, you've got numbers, you've got Pew Research numbers out that talk about, you know, this person believes that fornication is no longer a sin and they're claiming to be a Christian or um, this person believes that Jesus is created Mm. and they're claiming to be a Christian. Right. right. Actual numbers, Uh, not numbers, but actual study, you know, that returns results on that, um, that they're Christians who believe that Jesus was (laughs) created and just pause you guys just to process. And and right now at this point, everybody do a self check and and just be like, do I think that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have I thought that? Have I ever thought that? Because just to uh, tell you, that's heresy. All right. So, okay. Anyway, but our moral outrage really should come from the character of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So put that on the one hand and then let's go to this story. So an appeals court has ruled that a Wisconsin church daycare employee who left her job over a policy barring unmarried employees from cohabitating was not wrongfully terminated. That's a good thing. Let me read that line again. An appeals court has ruled that a Wisconsin church daycare employee Mm -hmm. who left her job over a policy that barred unmarried couples from cohabitating was not wrongfully terminated. The woman's name is Sandra Sandoval. I think is how you say the last name. It could be Sandoval, but I'll say Sandoval. She sued Capital Land Christian Center Church, Inc., claiming the institution ended her employment because she violated an employment agreement that prohibited workers from cohabitating outside of marriage. (laughs) When I was growing up, it just would have said shacking up. 
<laughs> right. I'm imagining that if they drafted up these papers and that she she signed this employment agreement, mm-hmm. the verbiage probably went a little bit further than and you can't shack. Probably <laughs> right. probably went a little bit further than that. Right. OK, right. Sandoval contends that the Madison based church discriminated against her due to her marital status. Wow. All right. Okay, so I I don't know if this is coming back to you, but I remember us talking about this. And it's amazing, you know, when you think about the details, it's a Christian uh, daycare, you know, and she signed. Yes, yes. And so, (laughs) duh. And here's here's the amazing thing, to even go a step further, Mm -hmm. she signed this employment agreement, okay, which really is an agreement to behave morally. To adhere to, yes, yes. To adhere to biblical standards. Right. Working for a church's daycare. Yeah, church's daycare. Right. Okay, right. That's, yeah. But what's what's really like, to me, kind of outrageous about this is that the reason her appeal was denied or the reason she was ruled against the second time, because she, this is not the first lawsuit. So the um, Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, I want to say of Madison, let me get the, yeah, the Madison Equal Opportunities Commission ruled against her in 2019. Mm -hmm. And they said that um, there was no way to draw a connection between the adverse action taken against her and her quote unquote protected status (laughs) defined as sex, race, and or national origin. So in other words, the, the Madison Equal Opportunities Commission said in 2019 we're not seeing a connection here. Mm-hmm. Like this is not violating any protected class that you would have. Right. right? Like they're right. saying we have an employment agreement. We're a church. You signed it. Right. You reneged on that. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the church had the right to say, no, you yeah. can't work here if you're not going to adhere to the agreement. Right. Well, that wasn't good enough for her. So she appealed that. The thing that's interesting to me is that it in the appeal, um, the reason she lost was because it was discovered that she actually quit before she was terminated. So here's what happened. So the director of the daycare went to her and was like, okay, look, we have a problem. You and your boyfriend are living together. Okay. Um, we need to talk about this. Miss Sandoval, according to these documents in front of me, responded, quote, it's okay, I'll be done then. (laughs) Outrageous. So so to me, this appears to be like church discipline. We need to talk. Okay, this is sin. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about this. Um, Can you come and and let us know? We don't need to talk about it. I quit. She didn't say that. She just said, I'll be done then. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to pick up here and then I want to move on. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And it's Andre Crouch with Oh, It Is Jesus. 
So I'm using this story as a backdrop just to talk about where we get our outrage. Like, what are the things that should really grab our attention in culture? Like, what are those things that matter eternally when we're upset about something, um, when something just really kind of like, you know, digs at us? What should be those things that first upset us and that first dig at us? It doesn't mean that there are things that, you know, just kind of like, well, that's important to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's human. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes when we're looking at um, what's going on in popular culture, uh, we can sort of take our cues from the stories that get the most traction. And then those stories tell us that this is this is. If they don't tell us what we should feel on an issue, which and I'm being generous because most of them do, but if they don't tell us that, then certainly they tell us what we should be thinking about. They tell us the issues that we should be thinking about. And so I was thinking about this, even based on yesterday's show, I was thinking about this and thinking about how outraged I was near the end and just thinking like, okay, what are the things? What are the things? Nobody go back and listen. Um, What are the things that should outrage us, right? And so I was thinking if we take our cues from the Bible, if we find our outrage Um, biblically, then we can also find, um, the solutions to that. You know, we can, we can remedy that, Mm. um, again with the scriptures. So I was reading this article and this was sort of like a conclusion to this woman who sued this church, which also had a daycare, um, because she wanted to be able to live with her boyfriend and not be married and it violated, um, scripture. Okay. I mean, like just to say it simply, like we can say it violated her employment agreement, but her employment agreement was drafted because yes, because right. scripture, right. because the book. Right. And, and so I thought it was interesting though, that the appeals court said that her, her rights were not violated because she actually resigned her position by not returning to work. When she was confronted by the director, she said, it's okay, I'll be done. And then didn't show up at work, um, for like three days and then finally went in to, to turn in her card. And that's when they said, okay, well we have to terminate you. And so it was that sort of like, um, I don't know if you want to call it a loophole kind Mm. of a thing Mm -hmm. that, um, she didn't win her appeal. Now, the only thing that concerns me with that is that I think it needs to be clear that churches have the right to adhere. And we used to live in a country where you would say must adhere to biblical conviction. Mm -hmm. Churches have the right to adhere to biblical conviction. I would like for that to be the strong conclusion, not just that, well, you didn't come back, so they didn't violate your rights. You know, I'd like for it to be stated, you went to work for a church. Right. Um, Every church has like statements of faith. Right. This yeah. this is what we believe. This is what we hold true to. And so you go to work here. You must then therefore submit to that. Anyway, that's not that's not the basis for their ruling. Um, nevertheless, the church prevails, comes out on top. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the Apostle Paul and his care and his love for the church. And I cannot get this out of my mind. It's in Second Corinthians um, chapter. It begins at chapter 10. And, and some of our listeners, many of our listeners will be familiar with this. Um, although sometimes we probably want to overlook it because Paul kind of goes in like, you know, in, in the first nine chapters of second Corinthians, um, you know, Paul is talking about his love for the Corinthian church and, you know, how much he's, um, ministered to them and cared for them and, and, and led them and, and all of these things. And then you get to, um, you get to chapter 10, which is an interesting sort of like, um, phantom of the opera chord change, right? <laughs> because you get to chapter 10 in second Corinthians and all of a sudden what happens is Paul shifts into defending his ministry. Mm. And why is he defending his ministry? Because these, these super apostles, these elite apostles have come in and they have called into question his authority and they've been feeding the Corinthian church like lies, 
mm-hmm. right? Like they've they've charged them, they have badgered them, and and they have called themselves their caregivers. They've they've given oversight to them, and then they say this Paul, you know, his letters are weighty, but when he's here, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's strong in his letters when he's away. Mm. Right. But then when he gets here, he's like, Meh. you know, and so Paul's got to deal with all of that. Then he's 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 basically pointing out that these guys are false apostles. Right. That they are masquerading just like the enemy does masquerading as an angel of light. That's what these apostles are doing. And then you get to chapter 11, um, verse 16. And Paul goes into talking about his suffering. Which is sort of like he he begins by um, saying, hey, bear with me for a second. You know, I'm, you know, kind of out of my mind to do this here. But he, he wants to go through um, basically if this is what they're saying they are, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're saying that they're this, I'm this. And then he starts talking about how he has been able to or willing to suffer for the gospel. In 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 Second Corinthians, chapter 11, um, I'm going to start at verse 22, verse 22. He says this, he's talking about these super apostles, right? He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. (laughs) I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less one. Okay, so five times. I was lashed 39 times, put down the five, times three, 15, add the four. Okay, so 195 lashes. Now, just think about that. 195 lashes on his body. That's what, that's what he's saying. Okay. Three times I was beaten with rods. Okay, got it. Marking it, right? Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers in danger from robbers. Danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardships through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, and this is the the, the focus here, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Mm. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? So it's like Paul's care for the body of Christ. Paul's care for the church is listed among his suffering. Mm. Like, so, so here is Paul. And and it's amazing because like Fred Hammond didn't go to second Corinthians 11 (laughs) because it, you know, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the, like, because Paul was like, tortured beaten here beaten there the enemy of this one the enemy of that one when he's talking about being lashed 39 times or five times 39 times each time he's talking about being beaten for blasphemy (laughs) this this was the jewish requirement that he would be lashed for his blasphemous comments and then he talks about um being whipped with a rod so now he's talking about the romans for upsetting the peace He's talking about being stoned. You, you read the account where he's stoned and they, they drag him outside of the city. They think dead. he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when Paul is saying he bears in his body the marks of Christ, like this is not, this is not hyperbole. Right. Can you imagine what his body must look like? Can you imagine how disfigured his face must be <laughs> to be stoned and thought dead? 
to be lashed 195 times. I mean, I just don't. I mean, at some point, you start to have overlapping marks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just think about this, right? Three times beaten with rods. Come on. Yeah. But then all of these things sort of are like not what culminates in his discourse. Mm. Like that's that's not like the height of why he's so outraged over what these so-called, you know, super apostles are doing. And so there's 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 some sarcasm there in in what Paul is writing here. Because when he talks about how they have taken advantage of you, he says, "Oh, we were too kind to do that. Like we mm. we didn't take advantage of you, you know? We served you. In fact, he says we robbed other churches mm. to come and meet your needs." So that you can't you you cannot charge us with ill intent toward you. We have been wonderful toward you. But then all of that and he goes into all of his suffering, right? But his greatest outrage is at the fact that he's grieved over the church. So the eternality of the body of Christ is what draws for him the greatest sort of um indignation mm. where he's like, "Man, I, I these are the things that bother me the most that a person is made to stumble that lies are taught. And so like I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the stories that probably don't make as many headlines as they should, Mm. because these are the things that should outrage us the most. Mm. And I was doing now this, I'm I'm being a little bit facetious here. Um, I was doing some deep dive digging and it took me to Wikipedia (laughs) just trying to you know just dig down deep and go back to the original greek i'm kidding um for outrage but i thought wikipedia actually had a really interesting definition for outrage a strong moral emotion characterized by a excuse me by a combination of surprise disgust and anger Mm. usually in reaction to a grave personal offense so I was thinking about this. If this definition is true and if this definition is to be applied to how we feel about issues, maybe the things of God, we just don't feel that personally. Man, come on. Maybe we just don't Ouch. like when we read about the missionaries who are suffering around the world, when we read about the missionaries, you know, who are, you know, beaten to death, you know, like maybe maybe those aren't the things that we're just like, listen. Mm. Listen, the body of Christ in the world, the church, maybe those things because we're 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 disconnected from those things. If if outrage is connected to like a personal offense, then I think the right type of check and the right type of inventory is to ask ourselves, are we personally connected to the things of God? Like are we connected to his church in the world? Do we understand what this means? And especially if you connect this definition to what the apostle Paul said to the Corinthians when he goes into all of his suffering and what he's been willing to endure for the sake of the gospel, mm-hmm. for the sake of advancing the Lord's kingdom. And then again, in verse 28, he says, and apart from other things, there was the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Mm. And then in case you're wondering like, well, Paul, what do you mean? He makes it pretty plain in verse 29 because he says, who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? So like, I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is outrage, yes, but find it biblically. Let's let's be outraged about the things that we see happening in the world, 
But let's connect our greatest outrage to those things that are eternal. Like Look, when we consider yeah. the body of Christ and when yeah. we consider it. No, you're saying, you see what so, I'm you're, saying? You're, you're saying something because I think if we really would survey our our, our outrage, mm-hmm. we would find that we are not as outraged about, you know, the things of God that's being trampled on. No. You know, it may be more of what's going on in our country or mm-hmm. maybe more of what's happening here or there, you know, like, but when you come down to it, you know, when you read kind of what you just reading about what Paul was saying, man, you could see his heart. You could see yes. his passion and it comes out here and also in other uh, uh, books of the Bible where he's mm-hmm. speaking with, about how he prayed for them, you know, day yes. and night and, yes. you know, just that passion. And yes, that's the apostle Paul, but man, we should have that same type of passion for the things of God. And when the, when the things of the world outweigh, our passions for the things of God, man, is a problem. Yeah, and 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 because it was also the Apostle Paul who said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." So the Amen. instruction is, "I'm walking after the Lord. Consider consider my ways. Amen. Consider my manner of living." He told to Timothy, "Like you 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 know the ways that I've lived before you. You know all of my struggles. You you know the things that I've endured. You know how I've lived before you, and all of these things I've been an example to you." Mm. Is what he said. And so, if we are applying mm. that to our lives, we can look to the Apostle Paul who was raised up by the Lord for Mm -hmm. the purpose that he fulfilled, right? So we can look to him as an example that we ourselves should seek to emulate. And so just to drive the point down further, I think sometimes like, guys, I really do. I think sometimes the things that outrage us most are the things. And and so I find truth in this Wikipedia definition because (laughs) I think the things that outrage us most are the things that we feel personally affected by. Mm. So like if you think that you're losing your country, Right. And, and, and you're, 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 I'm losing my way of life. Mm. I mean, I'm just trying to like, I, no, just the things that really grab us. You know what I mean? True. Like, and, and so these things become like, I feel that deeply because that's me. Now mm. you're coming for me. Now you're getting into my house. Mm. So what I'm saying is what if we take that outrage? Cause that's the, I think that's the right emotion to connect to it. That it's something yeah. that you feel personally. I don't want to disconnect that. Right. But I think, what we feel personally about has to change. Mm. So like, I think the things of God has to now be the thing where we're like, now you coming for me. Mm. Now, now you're, now you're messing with, you're messing with God, Mm. right? Like you're messing with the knowledge of God in the earth. And I'm mad about that. Like, Mm. but we don't get there because that just seems like, nah, that's just your personal faith. You just keep that. Like, don't, you know, when the Lord has really raised us up and installed us in the earth to be a witness. Amen. Like we're supposed to be a witness. We're supposed to be, in other words, we're supposed to be telling the truth about who God is. We're supposed to be telling the truth about who Christ is. And yet we cannot even find our outrage when he is blasphemed against or when he is lied about or when he is made less of, we can't find our outrage. I mean, like, look, we have, we have parents who, you know, I mean, it, it, it took a whole lot for them to be concerned that the Imago Day was being marred in their children. It took a lot. Mm. Like these things have been going on for years. And, and you know, here we've been saying over at AFA, hold on. They have like a, a national day of silence. Keep your kids home. Don't don't let your kids go out affirming this. Like, you know, but it took a lot. It had to. It, it's like people were just sort of like, yeah, it just became background noise. Wow. But what I'm saying is outrage. But like get it from the Bible. Like get get your outrage from the things that are outrageous to God, if mm-hmm. if you will. Excuse the expression but 
Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, oh, yeah. let us be about our father's business and let us, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Aaron, the Addisons, we'll grab the break. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Kim Stratton with You Are My God. Sherry B and J Mac on tap, um, getting your calls queued up at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Today we're talking about outrage and how to find it biblically, mm. how to have in our own heart and in our own life the things that um, should matter most. I'm not saying that there are things that you know, that matter to us, that those things should not matter. But like, what are the things that should matter most? And how do we connect ourselves to the things that are eternal so that they matter most? I will tell you this. I know that Will the Great and I, we work really hard on establishing our community up front and like being very direct about that. So Mm -hmm. like when we talk about us versus them, Mm -hmm. who's our us, right? You know, we have aligned ourselves because Jesus Christ has secured this for us. So we have aligned aligned ourselves with the bride. Amen. So that's that's so then when there's something that's happening, like if somebody's coming for somebody mm-hmm. and coming for us, then mm-hmm. our us is defined by our new identity. And this is how we can look at even things that are happening around the world. You yes. look at Ukraine, you look at things happening in Africa and you know, all Come over. On. Well we could say, No, I can identify with the, the brothers and the sisters because we're in the same family and it has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I think when we have our, our identity in Christ, yes. man, we all that other foolishness kind of falls to the wayside, you know? The outrage as is, I, I think, appropriate on any given topic uh, becomes a little bit easier Yeah, when, when you're recalibrated yeah. in that way. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Anna in Virginia. Hi, Anna. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Go ahead. Hi. I love you guys. God bless Thank you. you. You're so right on. Um, as I was listening to you, my heart was definitely stirred. And I think at the root of the issue, that is exactly what's going on, is we need to be outraged of the things of Christ. Mm. You know, um, it says uh, that you shall love the Lord your God Mm. with all your heart, Mm -hmm. all your soul, and all your mind. You know, Mm -hmm. think about each other. You love each other so much. You would do anything to help each other. Mm. That's right. If something that upsets him, Nikki, you're upset, right? That's right. If something (laughs) that upsets her, you get upset. Right. God the Father. And if Mm. we love him like that, if we have that relationship like that for him mm. i think those things that hurt him should hurt you and that's mm. a check yeah 
prayer. I made that prayer several years ago, and I tell you, mm-hmm. my life has never been the same. <laughs> mm, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Like I, I, I really think our sister is touching on something important, too, yeah. even as she alludes to prayer. Like if we don't have that kind of heart beating in our chest Man. where those things affect us in that way, if we are a little bit mm-hmm. kind of carnal in our dealings, like we just kind of are natural in our thinking, mm-hmm. then we pray for we the Lord pray to it. renew our mind. Yes, Lord, help us. You know, you know, we we ask the Lord to to allow that we would not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And I think right? I think we also too in talking about this issue of what uh, outrages us. You mm-hmm. know, we have to really check our hearts for idolatry. Yes, you know, yes. are there things yes. that we've placed that are so high up that man, those things are way more outrageous. And I think we have to do those 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 self evaluation checks mm-hmm. to see like, man, is my heart in the right place? You know, yeah. Man, yeah. it's, it's real deal. And I and I think I will tell you not to not to be quoting, you know, too much Wikipedia here, but I really <laughs> think it's directly connected to those things that affect us personally. Like yeah. our greatest outrage is in regard to the things that affect us personally. So when people start affecting your dollars, mm. like it's like okay, you're coming from my coins mm. now, you know, and and those things that you start to feel personally you feel the most outrage over. And so I think a recalibration where we're looking at some of these news headlines, I've got a couple here. I'm going to hold off and and get through a couple more calls. Mm -hmm. Um, But listen, there are some things that should really drive us to prayer. There's some things that should really break our heart. Um, Those things should be the fuel for our activism. Because this is this is not a call for laziness and indifference right. to what is happening in the culture. So That's please, right. nobody hear me saying that. I mean, right. this, come on, look at what we do. Like, right. this is not a call right. for laziness. But this is a call for the fuel behind all of our activism to come from what we know to be true of God. Amen. Like, he he is worthy to say it simply. Amen. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Jared in Ohio. Hi, Jared. Hi, well, hi, Mickey. How are you? Hello. Hey, uh, the the statement that you made right before the break about um, being outraged about what God is outraged about, it, it just kind of hit me, and I was reminded of when Jesus cleansed the temple. <laughs> and my, my thought was, Jesus cleansed the temple. What were the religious leaders doing? Mm. what were the disciples and the rest of the people doing what was their mindset what were they thinking about like it was indifference it was just an amount of this is just culture this is just what we do this is the way Mm. things are always done Mm. and there was so much more that they were not seeing that you know especially like the disciples they didn't understand that when Jesus took that whip and he went through and, and was flipping over tables and driving out the money changers, yep. there was so much more behind that that then he had to go back and teach them, and they had to think back through scriptures. This is why Jesus did what he did, and it did not make the religious leaders very happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. man, Jared, you listen. Jared. Excellent. Okay, excellent. I mean, yes, when he goes through with that whip after having braided it, which was something important for us to point out to our kids because we wanted them to understand that this was not Jesus just flying off the handle and just being like, oh, what? And then, no, this was this was calculated response here. Yeah, this was I'm I'm going through because he braided that whip. (laughs) So there's this. This is not like, you know, 
I just picked up something and now I'm going through. No, this this was absolutely an expression of right outrage, mm. of right outrage. This is my father's house. Connection, a light bulb, right? Yeah. This is my father's house. It's like there are things that you might do when you go and stay at a hotel. There are things that you might do when you stay at the Airbnb and all of the Airbnb people are like, what things? <laughs> but, you know, your house, right? Or you're, think about your grandparents' house. Like a mom might tell the kid, you know, now listen, we're going over to your grandfather's house. Like, do not, you know, there's a certain amount of like care about this. And I think that's exactly what we see coming from the son. Great care for the father's house. And can I tell you today, look, even as the as the son is seated next to the father making intercession for us, he cares about the father's house. Mm. That that's not that's not over and done with. The Lord still cares Amen. about God's house. And, and, and man, and today, you know, we're not, you know, we're not making money off of, you know, sacrifices and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. man, there's a whole lot of other stuff that really, man, a good braided whip, you know, mm. going through there might really make a difference <laughs> in a lot of the places that call themselves churches today. Mm. Anyway, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Nancy in Arkansas. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Hello. Well, um, I was actually on the bridge as I was listening to you uh, coming into Memphis, driving home. And this is the most, one of the most refreshing commentaries um, and edification that I've heard in a long, long time. Praise God. Our, quote, churches, small c has lost the mission, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get Terry here, has lost the mission of the great church, which is exactly what you speak of. Mm -hmm. We have lost our souls to litigiousness following Mm -hmm. the law that we have set in our little C churches. Mm -hmm. We now believe that just because there is that leadership, that we leave that to them. Mm. They make the decisions, and then we just abide by them. Come on. No, no, no. We all need to be braiding our own individual whips. Oh, Nancy. Because Mm. I'm telling you, Paul, Paul was, he's so misquoted, and I, I hate to say that, but People forget that 4.11 and 4.12 come before 4.13 in Philippians. It talks about you were there, you, but understand I'm content. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't mean I'm, he doesn't mean I am okay with my condition. Mm-hmm. That I am hurting. I am flailed. I, am, I have been beaten with stone and rock and metal and to where my skin is shredded and I do mm. not even, I, I can, I cannot even be called myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I have bled it out. Mm. I have shown you the example of begging God, begging you to understand we are the big C. Yeah, we have little churches, but Come we on. are the big C. Yeah. We are the church of Christ. Yeah. 
Christ's Church, not a title of a organization. Come on, We've oh Nancy, that. this is this is so good what you're saying, and and I got to tell you, I I wrote it down. And you said we all need to be braiding <laughs> braiding our own whips. Like if you think about this and you think about what that looks like, and and I know, let me just say, because Nancy, you wouldn't believe it. We, we probably somebody was starting to type their email now. No one's saying go in with a literal whip here. <laughs> this is this is figurative language, okay? Use a little bit of your poetry training here. I think people can understand the illustration. What does the outrage that our sister is talking about today, what does this look like for the glory of God? It means that we stand up and we tell the truth about who the Lord is Amen. in his house. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like that it means that we are vigilant. Guys, this and I hate to keep referring to this because I feel like this was one of those things that was sort of like a defining moment that, um, you know, even in, in, in getting out there and talking about critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Like, why why were we doing this? Man, not because it was a philosophy that we wanted to compete with. We felt like it's destroying the country. Those things are true. No, but I, I I was outraged because I saw it infiltrating the church. Yes. The church. So my 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 research on critical race theory and all of the resulting presentations, that that was braiding a whip because what is going on in the house of God that people are adopting this or even saying that it could be an analytical tool. Yeah. And look, look, I'm gonna tell you, some people, some Christians got outraged about critical race theory. Sure did. You know, as a result of man, they're teaching us to teaching our children to hate the country. Yes. And we're not oh, really man. outraged about what it's doing to the body of Christ. And look, oh, well. that's just the truth of the matter. You know, Come on, it man. took, you know, for, oh man, they're teaching our kids how to hate, you know, how to hate the country and not to love the place where they live. And all the while just missing, like how it was ravishing the church and how that's right. It, Destroying it infiltrated the, body. the church and it was dividing the body. We have to really check our hearts, man. We need to really check our hearts. Man, I, 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 I don't want to speed past that point because I think that that point um, really captures the entirety of what I've been trying to express. I think that is a perfect picture of what I'm saying. And, and do you understand? So let me say something to the point that you just made, Will the Great. Do we not understand that if our first and foremost outrage had been that, wait a minute, this is in the church. Do you understand that by extension, we would have caught what was going on Mm. in the schools? In fact, God would have heightened our discernment before we reached the point of no return. But because we started on the other end and just kind of like, I mean, is it really? I mean, we started in the Mm. schools first and we started with love of country first Mm. Then we have to work extra hard when what we should have done was start with love of God, Mm. protection of the bride, vigilance for the church and a rejection of heresy. Then we would have caught the other stuff because what would have happened? Our children who are supposed to be growing up in the church would have gone out into the culture and been culture proofed. Come on. They would have they would have gone out into schools (laughs) and they would have been like, y'all, this is a lie. (laughs) They would. My mom was talking about this over bacon this morning. Mm. My pastor's preaching about it on Sunday morning. My youth pastor's preaching about it on Wednesday night. And why would you have been doing those things? Not because you're trying to save the country, although that would have been the spillover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would have been. But if you take care of God's things first, then he takes care of your things. Now, stop it. Look at you. You're now. See, I was trying to make a You're the one. Okay, that's fine. I can't. You are so insane. I love you. I'm going to keep you. Listen. Listen, this is the point that I'm trying to make. And, and I, I feel like we're all here, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so grateful for our callers. And I'm grateful for the point that you just made, too. I think it puts 
um, I think it puts a beautiful bow on what I'm trying to express here. That if we care about the things of God mm -hmm. and we do that in increasing measure, there are things that the Lord knows we care about. Mm. We can trust him with those things. As it is, we have a lot of kind of like, whoa, because we want to care for those things first and then just say, well, you know, the things over there, you know, God, will, he'll handle that. Mm. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.